Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Tuesday afternoon. Back at it for those of you who had Easter Monday off. Although, I think it's the Catholic schools that are off right now for spring break. So, um, some of you are probably still off enjoying your time with your family. But nice to have you along for the ride. Yesterday, we had a a good conversation. It was in relation to secondary suites. We know things are going to be changing. Taking it out of council's hands. Giving it to administrators. More um, just an application form as if you were applying for any kind of a discretionary use so it's going to be a simplified process but part of the new approach for secondary suites in Calgary was also trying to get more illegal suites into the legal registry for the next couple of years there's going to be this amnesty where you can just say you know what I want to bring my suite up to code give me a couple of years to be able to do that And at the same time, there will also be safety inspectors checking out rental listings to see if there are some suites that aren't legal and they'll be approaching those landowners or landlords. So in that conversation, we started to get uh, a bit of a, a side conversation going on with the whole idea of landlord's rights, tenant's rights. I've, I've had you email and text me before saying, you know what, being a landlord can be a big headache. It's not easy if you're trying to get rid of a tenant. So I wanted to spend at least this half hour, and if we get more calls and comments, we'll, we'll bump it into the next half hour. But I want to bring on Robert Noche. He is a real estate condominium lawyer with Miller Thompson, both here in Calgary and Edmonton. Robert, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, my pleasure. And also, Robert has agreed. If you have a specific question, maybe you're a landlord, maybe you're a tenant, there might be something that you're saying, hmm, do I have to go before a board for this problem? How do I resolve the matter? What are my rights? Robert will do his best to help us out as well. Robert, uh, straight up, does the tenant have more power than the landlord in this province? Well, I guess it depends on what side of the the question you are on. Obviously, the landlord will think that the tenant has more rights, and the tenant will always think the landlord has more rights. Um, There is no simple answer, but the reality is this. Both the landlord and tenant have a number of obligations that they, they must fulfill and adhere to and follow to ensure that nothing goes wrong. So, for example, the landlord, one of the key obligations of any landlord is to ensure that uh, the tenant is not disturbed and has peaceful enjoyment of their unit space, Mm -hmm. while the tenant has a major obligation, and that is to pay the rent on time. And I can tell you this, that if, if the tenant pays the rent on time, If the landlord is responding to issues that may arise from time to time in the unit on a timely basis and gives that tenant what we call peaceful enjoyment of that unit, I'm pretty certain that that relationship will be golden. You'll never hear people complain about it because people, all the, all the landlord wants is a tenant that doesn't destroy their unit and pays the rent on time. Mm -hmm. The tenant, all the tenant wants is safe and healthy accommodations 
and a landlord that is responsive to issues that may arise from time to time. That's all people want. The other stuff gets in the way when when disputes arise. I have a feeling, though, yes, that is the ideal world, but you wouldn't be in business if it was the ideal world. Oh, goodness, no, of course <laughs> not. If, if people got along all the time and figured out their problems by themselves, yeah, lawyers would not be very mm-hmm. busy at all. But the province also, the province has also put together, uh, which is very different for uh, many disputes, but they've put together a dispute resolution service that's available uh, to landlords and tenants to avoid the need to go to court. And the process doesn't require a lawyer. Uh, The process also allows landlords and tenants to make their pitch and argue a particular point in front of an independent person. And this person, this dispute officer who hears these matters, uh, can make binding decisions and up for claims up to fifty thousand mm. dollars. So there are, there is a mechanism in place today that removes lawyers and judges and the court process from from the entire dispute and and converts them into some form of dispute resolution process. And it can work if both parties are obviously listening to each other and trying to find some middle ground. Is there a cost at all associated with putting something, a complaint before the landlord-tenant dispute resolution? Do you know, offhand, I don't know if, if there is a cost. It's, it's, it's minimal, yeah. but the service is, is paid for and, and provided by the government of Alberta. It's through the Service Alberta, the, the Ministry of Service Alberta. And I know that um, in, in, in commercial type of disputes where you have a, a retail space and having a, a dispute with, with a, uh, a landlord, uh, sometimes the monies are in the, into the tens of thousands mm. of dollars. And that's, of course, you're, you will engage a lawyer and the court process is probably more helpful to you. But in terms of a landlord-tenant dispute, this system, this dispute resolution service works because you can get a result quickly and with minimal costs and without the involvement of of lawyers. And I think uh, I had a listener yesterday say it was like $50 or something to fill out the form. I think that's what they were talking yeah, about specifically it's, it's, for it's, that. It's 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 an amount but it's not it's not a $200 plus filing fee at the courthouse. Yeah, exactly. So let's say that landlord-tenant relationship runs afoul. Either the, the tenant isn't paying the rent on time or the landlord isn't looking into the issues that the tenant is raising. Uh, maybe the, other, the first one. So if I'm a landlord and my tenant month after month has been late, maybe a week late, eventually does pay, what are the parameters when it comes to me wanting to get rid of that tenant? Well, first of all, you, what I would ask a landlord, do you have a written agreement first? Mm-hmm. And, and that's critical. If the answer is yes, then you need to look at the written agreement to determine what rights you as a landlord have in terms of dealing with a breach. And not paying rent is a breach of your, of your landlord-tenant uh, agreement. And so the agreement becomes critical. If, of course, the landlord or the tenant uh, continually refuses to pay the rent on a timely basis, I think a landlord should not wait 
years to figure out that something should be done. Uh, if, if the landlord is starting to see a trend, I always recommend to a landlord to move quickly and provide the appropriate notice to the tenant that they have breached the agreement and provide them with the required notice in the agreement to ensure that they vacate the premises. So again, too, um, but I can tell you this, a lot of times tenants will ignore those demands, especially if you're having financial difficulties. You know, my experience has been that most people, most people are honest people Mm -hmm. and pay what they're required to pay. People generally stop paying when something has happened in their life. And that, of course, what what triggers the non-payment of rent. So my, I always tell landlords, you know, communicate with your tenant. Find out why they're not paying their rent. And it may be simple as, I lost my job and I'm looking to move elsewhere and I will be gone in two weeks. Will you give me this two weeks? And if you've had a good relationship, you may want to say, okay, I will accommodate that because, you know, the, to engage someone to have you forcibly removed because of non-payment of rent and all of that will, will be just a hassle. Yeah. But communicate. Communicate with your tenant. And and the tenant, in my mind, has an obligation as well to communicate with the landlord and say to the landlord, listen, I've just lost my job or some major catastrophe in my life has occurred and I can't pay rent anymore. How do you want to deal with this? Don't hide. Don't hide and not and ignore the landlord's phone calls, emails, or texts. Don't do that. That achieves nothing. Be upfront because these things happen in life. And, and people, you know, it, it, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just normal things in life happen. And a good landlord will say to that tenant, you know what, thank you for telling me that. I don't have to go chasing you. Let's figure out a game plan to accommodate your ultimate removal from the tenant because as a landlord i can't allow you to live for free here i'm not in the business of giving free rent but i'm happy to accommodate you and 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 we'll move you'll have to move out but let's find a date in which you can do it by agreement that's what good relationships work so to tenants i always say don't hide be upfront and and be clear as to why you can't pay the rent and that by far is is the most common the other common issue of course is the tenant is a bad tenant and is damaging the unit and and maybe threatening other people in the building or in the neighborhood and there you have the ability to move more quickly on some form of emergency to get these people out of your out of your premises but again too all of that requires help sometimes from a lawyer to navigate this process because you can't simply walk into your home and say get out i'm forcibly removing you from my home you can't do that you have to follow a process so again communication being honest and being upfront with with the landlord and tenant will help significantly the relationship Uh, in terms of when issues go sideways. Robert, I want to take a break here. Robert Noche is my guest, and he is a real estate condominium lawyer, Miller Thompson, in Calgary and in Edmonton, just talking about some of the disputes that can arise when we are looking at renting or being a landlord. 403-974-8255. If you have any questions, Robert will do his best to answer them. You can call or text. We're back after this.
403-974-8255. If you have a comment or question, we are just talking about landlord-tenant relationships in this province. My guest, Robert Noche, real estate condominium lawyer with Miller Thompson in Calgary and Edmonton. Robert, let's go back to this idea that a tenant is damaging property. And yep. so that would go against the lease and you'd be able to give them notice to evict them. How do I know the tenant is damaging property? Because I'm questioning what's my access? What are the laws around me accessing that unit to just see how things are looking? Yeah, generally uh, in a mid-rise, low-rise, high-rise type of apartment building, usually usually the landlord, the owner of that building would be around from time to time and their maintenance people would be around from time to time. And they would generally also be hearing complaints from other tenants. Hmm. Like there's a lot of noise in that unit at three in the morning. A lot of people coming and going. Is it a, is it a drug place? Is it um, the smell of mar- marijuana or other odors from that unit all all hours of the day that generally triggers the landlord to to get engaged to say wait a minute there's something wrong and and also too and and if you're renting a home or a basement suite or whatever generally too in terms of the basement suite um, someone is living upstairs and maybe again to contacts the landlord or could be the landlord themselves and says we have a problem down here so Generally, you know, most landlords can't be unilaterally walking into right. the unit and saying, hey, how are things going? But if a landlord wants to check in on that unit, they can provide the appropriate notice to that tenant saying, uh, on this date at this time, I'd like to be there to check the plumbing or do something of a maintenance nature. And then you go into that unit. But mm. you can't just unilaterally walk in. But my experience has always been that the issues are creating other issues in the building or in the community, which triggers a call to the landlord saying, you have a problem there and you need to deal with it. And at least then you just give the tenant or whatever's laid out in your lease. But if you give the tenant 24 hours to say, I want to come in and check, I've had some calls from uh, your neighbors, I need to check your unit, that would be enough as far as just giving notice as long as it's laid out in the lease? Check your lease, obviously, in terms of providing notice. But mm-hmm. generally, too, now, if it's an emergency, whole different situation. Mm. So, for example, in a low-rise apartment, high-rise, mid-rise apartment building, Unit 301 calls you and says, listen, there is a bunch of water pouring into my unit from the unit above <laughs> me at 401. Yeah. Well, then you're going to have to react quickly. Yeah. And, you have- and you're going to have to deal with it. So you're able to go into that unit and find out someone left the the uh, the the tub of water running and it's now just overflowing or something of that nature. That would be good yep. grounds, yeah, to get oh, in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Robert, that, I've got yeah. a couple of phone calls here. So oh, let me get uh, see if I can get a couple of... Oh, my goodness. I dropped Robert. I did that. I did that. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ron, I apologize because just as I clicked your line on, I didn't lock in Robert's line. So he was just about to listen to your question. In the meantime, how are things with you, Ron? Oh, not too bad. <laughs> I, I used to be a landlord. but uh, I, I, My question is, I wonder what's going to happen when you, when now with, uh, with marijuana becoming legal and then they have to smoke at home. And if they're going to be smoking marijuana, and especially in these low-rise, smaller, older apartments, uh, 
and even if they have no smoking rules, they're going to have a real problem with some apartments because okay. they won't ever be able to kick them out. Now, let me just see here. So I'm going to say, Ron, goodbye to you and make sure I've got uh, Robert there. Hi, Robert. Hi again. I yeah. apologize. I flicked that. No. So I don't know if you had a chance, but Ron said he used to be a landlord. He's just curious what's going to happen down the road when recreational marijuana is legalized. And I know I talked with you about this before, we Robert. Did. Doesn't it we comes did. down to, um, well, if your lease says there's no smoking, that would uh, pertain to both tobacco and marijuana, wouldn't it? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, we, we've talked about this in the in the rental scenario. We've talked about it in the condominium scenario as well. And so uh, part of the challenge will be the medical use of mm. it and whether or not there are any human rights issues. But yeah, th- listen, we're all learning to see how this is all going to unfold um, because this is brand new to us. You know, lawyers, judges, the tribunal, all of us are going to try to figure this out, how far a landlord can go in terms of preventing that use. Well, because medical marijuana has been around for a few years now. It so wouldn't, that, wouldn't landlords already have had a sense of how they deal with it, whether it's, uh, but I guess <laughs> medical, if I, wouldn't I have the right to use my medical marijuana in my yeah, suite? Yeah, you do. But typically, though, what I find is it's, it's, they use the marijuana, the, uh, the oil or other forms, not the smoking. Right. So in that sense, the, the impact to other people is, is, is virtually zero. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the smoking that's going to be the issue here. You know what? Suddenly um, we've triggered a whole bunch of phone calls and texts. Robert, I know I only asked you to stay on until 3.30. Do you have somewhere to go at 3.30? I do. Well, I do, that's... but can I, can I make a, a promise to you? As sure. I always enjoy being on your show. Yeah. I love your show. Call me back. I'll, I'll come back and we'll book more time. Happy to do it. Hey, you bet. Thanks so much, Robert. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now I can actually hang up on Robert, but um, if if it was a question specifically for Robert, I understand if you're going to hang up. If you want, we can carry the conversation over after the news. 403-974-8255. I do have a number of texts I want to get to as well. We'll try to get back to your thoughts after the news. It's 327.